It's another Pinball Profile. I'm Jeff Teolis. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can catch us on our Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Today, we go out to California. Carl D'Angelo joins us. Hey, Carl, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Jeff? Very, very good. One of the co-tournament directors of It Never Drains in Southern California, but a guy who's only been playing competitive pinball since 2009. You've really moved up the ladder quickly, being the top 25 in the world. Uh, yeah, I guess I have. Uh, the quick run. I uh, never intended to do it. It just uh, kind of happened, I guess. <laughs> was it first casual for you, or did you always have that kind of competitive fire in you? It was casual at first. I, you know, I've owned games since, I think, 2001. And um, it was actually Jim Belcito that uh, went to one of his annual parties out here in Southern California, and I, uh, I got the bug at that point. Uh, played in his casuals tournament, um, took second place in his B division, or his casual division, whatever it was at the time. And uh, joined the league after that, and then people said, you know, you should go up to California Extreme, there's tournaments there. And so I started going to California Extreme every year and just snowballed after that. Then ended up flying to Pittsburgh, and the rest is history, I guess you could say. No kidding. You've had several wins, but this past year's second-place finish at Pinburg, your biggest accomplishment, at least points-wise it is, and also back-to-back years being in the top six. Is that your biggest accomplishment in your mind? Yeah, I would say that is, uh, without question. The The other thing I would say is the first time I went to the uh, Pops facility, the first Pinburg I attended, I, uh, I ended up in third place, which was a bit of a shock to me. Uh, without any division restrictions uh, at the time. I think that was um, 2013. Well, you've made a big impact on pinball, certainly with your own play, but really for everyone else. It's the Drains Tournament Manager software. It's seen everywhere, tournaments, selfie leagues, anywhere you find Herb scoring events. How did this software come to be? Well, um, attending Calvary Extreme, uh, I was getting a little frustrated with how the tournament was being run. And it wasn't the, the fault of the organizers. It was just you know, you put in a score, you'd wait 30 minutes. And it, uh, this is all inspired by Adam Lefkoff's um, uh, tournament manager that he has, which is an excellent piece of software. So I went, uh, what was it, uh, probably 2012, Color Brink Stream. You'd buy a ticket to enter the tournament, and you'd get a sheet of paper. Or you'd write down all the seven of your scores or eight or whatever it was. You'd hand that to a scorekeeper for to get in line for the game. And they'd be shuffling through these papers trying to find out the, how far down the line you are. And you don't get your scores submitted until all that entire ticket has been filled out, uh, despite it being a best game format where, you know, every game is individual. And then the other issue I was seeing during that was uh, you couldn't see how much, how long you were going to take uh, before you could play your game. So people kept going up to score. He was asking, uh, is it 30 minutes? Is it 40 minutes? How many down am I? And then people were buying multiple tickets. So they would put, give one ticket to a classic scorekeeper and another ticket to a modern scorekeeper. They'd be playing their modern game and be called over at the classics game while they're on their modern game. And I thought that was an issue and I wanted to fix it. So the whole reason it came about was to implement the queue system that I, I developed. And then everything else was just gravy beyond that, starting the um, instant scoring um, or instant um, update to scores to real time so you could track instantly uh, what's going on and, uh, and so on. Well, I never played in the days of Excel spreadsheets or just writing it down on paper. Seeing iPads and the queuing system you talk about is, is pure heaven. Yeah, I, I hope uh, I, I've gotten a lot of good feedback about it. I'm happy uh, that most players seem to like it, so they can go do other things while they're waiting in the lines, or um, or you know, add themselves to the lines, or, or whatever they want to do. By the way, Nick Lane of Buffalo and Bro, do you even know pinball? Also says hello. He uses the software in his league in Buffalo. Right, right. I've had, I've had a couple of selfie leagues, not as many as uh, there were more that um, when the initial rush of selfie leagues came on after uh, level two fifty seven was uh, so successful. 
you know, there are a whole bunch of people that, that wanted the software. And uh, the next one, one still using it over time, um, along with a couple, you know, level 257, I don't know if you've uh, followed that league at all in, uh, in Chicago with uh, Josh Sharp. Carl, you know, before I got into pinball, personally, I played a lot of poker, and I watching poker on TV just didn't do it for me. In fact, it actually turned me off the game. I thought it was very boring at times, and watching pinball, it's really fun. You learn the games, the strategies, and much like this pinball profile, you really get to learn about the players. I think a big part of the enjoyment is because of the Twitch, i.e. pinball streaming. Well, that came about because um, it was with Jim and I. We, uh, Papa, had their um, Kickstarter for Papa TV, and... The big thing at the end of it was they were driving cross country, coming to it never drains into Southern California. So they came out, ran their stream uh, on our tournament, and then Jim and I realized the next year we weren't going to have any streaming because they weren't going to come all the way back out here again. So uh, he kicked in some money, I kicked in a lot of money, <laughs> and uh, and we purchased a lot of equipment to uh, to run the streams on our our major tournaments. Um, uh, that was uh, 2014, and it was a good thing uh, in 2014 I won uh, Indus, which Basically, the prize pool for that covered a lot of the uh, equipment purchases that I made for uh, for the streaming. And it was a legitimate win. It wasn't a software bug that somehow you put in there. <laughs> I'm just it kidding. was a legitimate win. You can go watch it on YouTube. It's still on the on the Twitch channel. Oh no, not on the Twitch channel. Just on the YouTube channel. Uh, but you can go and and watch and and see the win. It's completely legit, legitimate. Uh, everyone said I bought my own cameras to record my own win. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the moon landing. Yeah. <laughs> You're always reinventing things, whether it's the software, the uh, Twitch, IE Pinball, but also different tournament formats, too. And, and you've got a few. I know some are going to be actually used at Never Drains in California. Do you want to tell us about those? So every year, we run, Jim and I run a match play tournament in Riverside called uh, Play at the Lake. Uh, um, and every year, we run a unique side tournament. So this year's was a button bash, which is there's this console added on top of the lockdown bar of a pinball machine. You've got three yellow buttons three red buttons, and at any time, one button on each side will be lit. The left buttons control the left flipper, right buttons control the right flipper. So if the button's lit, you can press it, the flipper goes up. If you press the wrong button, you get locked out for a half a second. And so, and the buttons randomly change. After you press it, it's gonna move to another button or the same button. So you have to keep staying your toes, whichever button's lit, hit it, and then, and go from there. And we'll just run a, uh, at Indisc, we'll have it there, and uh, run a side tournament on an undetermined machine at this point. It's kind of like whack-a-mole meets pinball. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like whack-a-mole, very much. It's uh, it's very frantic, extremely difficult. It, it sounds easier than it is. It's a lot of fun. What about some of the other ones like Thunder Tilt and Lima Flip? So uh, Thunder Tilt was uh, ACDC, and this is a hilarious stream. We uh, streamed online. It was uh, the Thunderstruck targets were wired to the tilt. So uh, one hit to a Thunderstruck target would tilt your ball. And so people come up, plunge, try and shoot a ramp, hit the target, instant tilt, they're done with their ball. Hilarious. And then uh, the limit flip is a, uh, it's another piece of hardware I, I developed, which um, allows you only a certain number of flips, and it's programmable. So the year we used it, we had it on Creature from the Blackboard game. You got 30 flips. After 30 flips, if you hit it again, your game would tilt, and you'd end your ball. And the unique thing with that is we had it also set so if you went in the, the bowl, you know, the multiplier bowl, during multi-ball, you could actually gain flips. So there's a little bit of a skill and strategy involved in there. Do so you want to play your multi-ball at the beginning of a ball where you've only got you've got your 30 flips already, or do you want to start it later in the game um, when you've gotten just a couple and try and hit the ball and add some flips? And, and those both of those, both of that and limit flip can be adapted to any game. 
Very cool. You don't want to waste cradling, I guess, with tournaments like that. It's tough. You, you know, a lot of the flipper tricks, the drop catches, you're using generally two or three flips on that move to, to trap the ball. So it's a lot of on-the-fly play uh, helps. Is there a favorite format you'd like to see more of at tournaments? I really like match play. It's, uh, it's just so hard to run because you need so many machines to have a decent player base. Uh, you know, basically, one machine for every four players. So I, I do love match play. Complete. I would love to see it everywhere. You know, my I'd say, my favorite tournament and because of that format. What about games themselves? Is there a favorite or a least favorite? Uh, favorites go back and forth. I'd say um, I have two keepers here, uh, Lord of the Rings and Wizard of Oz. Those are kind of my top two, and they're not going anywhere for a very long time. I think Lord of the Rings I've had in my collection for 10 or 12 years, somewhere around there. And then Wizard of Oz I really grew on me. I know it's, uh, some people aren't too fond of it, but there's something about the game that all the different goals in it, and uh, it's an adventure, I guess you could say. And there's always something to do at any point in your game. Any games drive you nuts? There are plenty. I, I, I uh, what? Uh, going back to Timberger this year, the, the tiebreaker on high hand, I, I despise high hand. I felt so lucky to, to win the tiebreakers to move on from the uh, semifinals to the finals. It's, uh, that's a game I, I had here for a while. Uh, I was running tournaments called uh, Winnipeg where we gave away a pinball machine, and, and High Hand was one of the uh, the giveaways, and I couldn't wait to get rid of that thing. It was, uh, I just cannot stand the game. With the, the foster in the middle of the play field trying to hit the ball in there, I just could never skillfully get it in there to collect the bonus. Was second place you win two High Hands? <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't want to, I, I wouldn't play in that tournament. <laughs> get it away. <laughs> Well, you've got a great tournament. It never drains in Southern California, and I'm sure we'll see you at an event soon. Carl, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. This has been your Pinball Profile. Subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Pinball Profile. I'm Jeff Teolis. This is our